Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. I'm so excited because we're in a message series called Not Today, Satan. Somebody say, Not Today, Satan. We've been saying this every week, week after week. Not tomorrow either. And not the next day, right? Not today, not today, not today. How many of you know that as a follower of Jesus, you have the authority to tell the devil, not today? There are some things that maybe you're dealing with in your life day in and day out. We're going to talk about today, what we're going to dive into are some of these patterns and some of the temptations that we deal with in life. For some of us, we dive into the same patterns, the same sin cycles over and over again. But I want you to know something today that you do not have to live under that cycle, under the toxic cycle of sin. But as a follower of Christ, you can break the cycle that's been breaking your life. Let me say it again. You can break the cycle that's been breaking your life. The work has already been paid for. Jesus has already overcome. Amen? And so, and so here's what I want us to do as we, as we dig into this. This is week three of this message series. First off, how many of you have enjoyed this series? As you've attended, as you've been. Amen, amen. We've got a lot of folks that are joining in online today. A lot of people that are out of town due to the holiday weekend, the extended weekend. So church, y'all be praying for the rest of your church family and where they're at and, and where they're going. But no matter where you're watching this from today, no matter where you're at, believe that God is going to meet you right there, right? Right wherever you're watching this today. You can go ahead in your Bibles. You can turn to the book of Ephesians. We're going to kick things off in Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, I want to start here today. This is what we're going to talk about here today. The overarching, if I were to put a title on this message today, it'd be the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Not today, Satan, week three. Ephesians chapter two. This is where we're going to kick things off. This is what the Bible says. And you were dead. Somebody say dead. dead. Weren't just in a bad way. We weren't just in a rough patch. We weren't just in a kind of bad situation. No, the Bible is very clear. This is the condition that we were in before Christ. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Doing what? Following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. I love verse 4. But God. Somebody say, but God. But God being rich in mercy because of his love, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Let's pray one more time. Father God, I thank you today, Lord. I thank you for this body here today. I thank you for your church. God, I pray that this word would come alive in us here this morning, that as we hear your word, it goes out on that good ground, Lord, that we're receptive to receive it and to hear it. I pray today, God, that we would look at your word like a mirror, like a reflection where we read it and we look back at our own lives, Lord, and we read your word as we study your word, that it would change us. It would develop us, that we would grow spiritually in maturity, Father. 
I thank you for meeting your people here today. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody said, amen. 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 So Ephesians, uh, the, uh, Paul is writing this letter to the church at Ephesus. So this is being written to believers. That's important to note, right? Because he starts off saying what? That you were dead. Here's the key. That was the old condition you were under before Christ. All of us, right? It's very clear in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, uh, the spirit that is now working the sons of obedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, right? So this, this was your condition. And, and it's important to note this. It's important to remind ourselves that was the old condition. Because if you don't know that I was dead before Jesus made, made a way for me. I was, I was dead before I was in Christ. You're not going to appreciate fully what Christ has actually done in your life. He made us alive with Christ, together with Christ. You have now been made alive with Christ. Jesus makes you alive. Here's the key I want you to see in this today. As we're in this series, Not Today, Satan. I think so many Christians in life, time and time again, Christians, believers, People in the church, people who are at church every single week, they live their lives as if they're still spiritually dead. Living our life as if, I'm still, as if I'm still the old man. You're not the old man anymore. God has given you a new spirit, a new spirit, a new nature. You're not the old man anymore. He has made you alive. And so we don't need to continue living in bondage. Listen, you were enslaved to sin before Christ. You're no longer a slave to sin. Meaning this, that if you fall into patterns in life, if you fall into temptation, if you fall into seasons where you continue to go back to the same patterns over and over again, you don't have to continue to live that way. You can break that cycle in your life. And that's my prayer today, that we would begin to, we would break that cycle, whatever it is for you here today. This, is, this, this message, is, it's about reflection and reflecting on, on ourselves. What is it? What is that thing in my life that I need to let go of? What is that temptation? What is that unhealthy pattern? What is that unholy habit that I've created in my life? There are some things that we need to let go in the name of Jesus, and we need to walk in the calling that the Lord has put in our lives. And the question is really, how are we going to do that? How do, how do I do this? How, how, do I, how do I live this out? How do I break this pattern? You know, the Bible says that do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. In this series, we've been talking about that transfer, how that transformation takes place. It's a renewing that our minds need to be renewed. It's that transformation that takes place in our mind through the word of God. And we've been hammering that. We've been talking that through this series. But this is something that stood out to me this week. And I pray that it just hits you right where you're at here today. Uh, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. As I was just seeking the Lord on this, this verse came to mind. This is what the Bible says. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption, and perverse speech. Let me say it again. Proverbs 8, 13. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. It doesn't say we'll dislike it. Let's see what kind of, it kind of makes me uncomfortable will hate evil. Now, some, some people in the church, they don't like to hear that word right there. Wait, wait, God hates. What? What? Well, hold on a second. Let me just be clear. God hates sin. It's evil. He's a just God. He's a just God. It says, all who do what? Fear the Lord will hate evil. Meaning this. If you fear the Lord, you will hate what he hates and you will love what he loves. 
This, this idea of fearing the Lord is so foundational. God was speaking to me this week about this as I was studying his word just in such a deep way. Those who fear the Lord will hate what God hates and love what God loves. The reason people justify sin is because they tolerate what he hates. They tolerate what he hates. So it's sin, but we're just going to kind of put up with it. But then, you know, it's interesting how people will tolerate what the Lord hates. But then when somebody else is doing something different, it's like, oh, we can't tolerate that. Sin is sin, right? But a lot of times we tend to judge people because they sin different than we do. So, so we don't tolerate what he hates. We don't justify sin. It's very clear. All who fear the Lord. See, it's contingent on if you fear the Lord or not. Because if you don't fear the Lord, then you won't hate what he hates. If you don't have a healthy, reverent, holy fear of the Lord, you won't hate what he hates. And we get it backwards. There's, there's, there's a couple ditches in this I want, I want to tell you about. You have a legalistic ditch, and then you have a, I guess it would be a legalism ditch and a liberalism ditch, okay? On the legalism ditch side of things, they get these things twisted. They see sin in people's life, and then they show hate toward the person. Like, oh, I, and then they, they, they hate the person. No, you don't understand the fear of the Lord. You don't understand God's ways because he, he loves people, and he hates the sin. But we get it twisted. People get it twisted. So they really hate on people when they, when they should be, in a loving way, confronting people on the sin out of love, right? In the liberalism ditch that's, that's on the other side, it's everybody loves everybody, and that's great, but they're, they're, they're too passive to confront sin ever. Well, God just, God just loves, loves, and there's, there's no, you know, he's just, he's just a loving God. Yes, he is a loving God. And he's a just God. Amen? Amen. And, and the same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. Dude, I, think, I think the church today just needs to be reminded just a bit of this, this idea. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. The reason people justify sin, they tolerate what he hates. Here's the question today. Do you have a healthy fear of the Lord in your life? Many people don't. Many people in church don't. Many Christians don't. This is why, this is why people will walk into church out of religious obligation. This is why people in worship can sit with their hands in their pockets. Arms folded like this. I, one time I went to preach at a, uh, a youth night at a church, and I walked in, and worship's going on. Everybody's sitting down, drinking coffee, talking amongst each other. As, 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 as worship, as we're, as we're singing, and as we're singing songs, nobody's paying attention. Everybody's just kind of sitting around looking at one another. What's going on, man? How are you doing? You doing good today? Yeah, yeah, good to see you, brother. That's all great. That's all good. Community connection, that's all great, but where's the worship? Where's the reverence? We're going to sit there and talk drink coffee like this is a social club like this is a click like that's ever been what it's about that's not what it's about that's called casual christianity and that's what's taken over a lot of the culture today we're so casual with the things of god so nonchalant so laid back the things of god that we lose some reverence we lose some honor there, there are church, the churches who just 
are not holding the Lord with the utmost respect. The Bible says you draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. People every day are going, why aren't we seeing the things of God? Why aren't we seeing big moves of God? Why aren't we seeing these miraculous things of God? We walk in with our hands in our pockets. Yet if our favorite politician were to walk in, we'd be sitting on the edge of our seat waiting for every word that he said. Oh, 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 look who's here. Look who's here. Some people have more reverence and honor for their favorite athlete. For an athlete who doesn't know them, who, who will never know them, but they, they show more reverence and honor to a professional athlete than they ever show the Holy Spirit. The Lord put this on my heart to share today. This is a, I know this is a little heavy. I know this is a little strong. But church, I believe that wholeheartedly, if we're going to overcome some things in our life, we need to put the Lord in his in right place. We, we need to honor him. We need to reverence him. We need to be in awe of who God is. In a lot of ways, the church has just lost in awe of God. Just like, you know, again, it's just this casual fast food Christianity where let me get a quick word for the week. Let me get motivated. Let me laugh a little bit. Let me get excited. But then I'm not going to do anything to change my life. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, when, when I step out, nothing, nothing changes, right? We gather together to worship the living God. When we're here in this church, in this place, we, we gather here corporately to worship Jesus, to worship our King, to give Him all the honor and all the glory that He deserves. So the question I have, you know, and I say that we, we reflect on this ourselves because I've been reflecting on myself this, this whole week. Do we reverence God anymore? Do we hold Him with the utmost respect and, and ultimately, are we seeking to live lives that honor him? When you have a healthy, reverent, holy fear of the Lord, you'll seek a life that honors God. The same patterns, the same falls, the same temptations, the same struggles, that merry-go-round in life where it's like, I can't break this, I can't break this, I can't break this, will continue until you have a holy, reverent fear of the Lord. You remind yourself who he is. The first and the last. He's the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. This is the same God who met Moses in a burning bush. And Moses was like, how am I going to go, God? I can't speak. And he, what did he tell Moses? Who made man's mouth? This is the same God who created creation. But the problem is the world has started worshiping the created and not the creator. Matter of fact, the Bible says this will happen. I believe it's Romans that... People start worshiping created things. They're not worshiping the creator. Do we reverence God in the church? Point I want to make today is this. You cannot break unholy habits without a holy reverence of the king. You cannot break unholy habits without a holy reverence of the king. If you're going to say not today, Satan, you have to have a healthy, reverent, holy fear of the Lord, that he is God and he is worthy to be honored. And today, you know, we're not talking about behavior modification. <laughs> we're not talking about, uh, you know, why do I want to, why do I want to overcome this temptation? Well, it's not behavior modification. It's not just, I just want to be a good person. If that's the answer, we're missing it. <laughs> we're missing it. I have a holy reverent fear of the Lord. I want to live a life that seeks to honor him in obedience that I live a life that, that is obedient to the call of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
and bringing it back around to what, what, what really this is all about and why we're here. Psalm 25, 14. I love, I love this passage. It says, The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him, and He makes known to them His covenants. He shares His secrets with those. Another translation says, He shares His secrets with those who are His friend, those who fear the Lord. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him. Is, is, is God a friend of everyone? Ooh, nobody wants to answer that, do they? Is God a friend to everyone? No. Ooh. It's reserved for those who fear him. God's friendship is for those who fear him. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. He shares his secrets with those who fear him. I love, I love this picture, the story of Abraham. God, what does God call Abraham? He calls him a friend. Right? Abraham is called a friend of God. Notice the Bible doesn't say that Lot was a friend of God. They were closely connected, but, but Abraham was a friend of God. Genesis chapter 22, you can start to turn there, but I'll share with you this, this just amazing picture of what happens. You, you probably know the story, but what does God ask of Abraham after he's given his promised son? Something so incredibly challenging, difficult, you can't even, you know, human intellect can't even wrap your mind around this at all, and what this would have been for Abraham. Abraham has given his promised son and what, what does the Lord ask Abraham to do? He says, I want you to take your son and give him as a sacrifice. That was, that was, I just imagine Abraham, that was the promise. You promised me this son, now you're asking me to bring him as a sacrifice? Does it, does it, do, would any of us understand that? No. What does Abraham do? Early the next morning, he gets up and begins his journey. Whew. I don't know if I could have done that. Mm -mm. Whew. Early the next morning, he gets up and be, he begins his journey. On, on top of that, he begins his journey. It's not just like, okay, God gave him this word and now it's, it's time for this, this to happen. He's going to help him to sacrifice. It's a two to three day journey. He's having to walk in this journey, in this heat, and in this just down this path, and as he's going, he's looking at his son, going, Okay, God, you asked me to do this, like what? And he's on his way, and ultimately, he's obedient. He goes to the mountain, and I just want you to visualize this moment. Abraham prepares the altar for the Lord, he puts his son on the altar, and he gets ready to sacrifice his son. And right at that moment, what happens? Genesis chapter 23, 11 through 12. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. For now I know that you fear God. Ultimately, what did Abraham do? He was obedient, even in a situation that none of us would understand. That's what it means to fear the Lord. It means you obey him no matter what. It means you're obedient no matter what. God, what do you call me to do? What are you asking me to do? I don't quite understand the situation. I don't quite understand this. I don't know why your word says that. 
I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why, but, but it's, it's obedience. It's obedience. And what people try to do time and time again in their life is they try to work on behavior modification. Well, we're just going to work to get things better. We're going to work to get things better. If we don't have a healthy, holy, reverent fear of the Lord, you will not be, you will not be able to obey God. It'll be the same cycle, the same sin cycle. See, I believe, church, this is the root to a lot of issues, a lot of sin issues in our life that's going on here. Reminding ourselves who he is and who we are. I think today, more than, more than ever, the church needs to wake up and just say, whew, we've taken things so cheaply that, God, you, you, don't, you don't take cheaply. We've taken things so laid back, so nonchalant. We've showed up to, to worship you with, with no reverence. We've just gotten into routines. This is the American church. We just, you know, people used to, it's incredible to me when I, when I think about the, the story of Moses and the Lord appears to Moses in the burning bush. That must have been an amazing situation. But you know, they were expectant for that. People aren't expectant for those things anymore. People aren't expectant to see a move of God anymore. It's this casual, laid back, feel good about myself, I did the church thing, go on through the rest of my week, that laid back, relaxed, casual Christianity. And I'm here to tell you, church, today that if we don't bring it back, to what it's all about. He's Yahweh. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He's in charge. He is the authority. He is the ultimate authority. There's so much confusion in the world we live in today. All kinds of things. Let me, let me just tell you today. If we don't raise our children, if we don't build our families in this and having a healthy fear of the Lord, it's not whether or not you're going to fear someone. It's who are you going to fear. You're either going to fear the, fear the people and give into that, or you're going to fear the Lord. I'm not going to be more afraid of Satan than a holy, reverent fear of the Lord. We have to build our lives on this. We've got to remind ourselves, look, this is who our God is. His ways are higher than our ways. This is his word. I choose to follow his word. I choose to not continue to live the life I'm living because it's disobedient to the Lord and because I have a holy reverence of, of who he is. And I want to live a life that honors the Lord. I want to live a life that, that glorifies him. I'm going to read a few, a few passages here. Psalm 211 says, Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Another translation says we worship the Lord in reverence. Did you know that, that our worship, it's not just slow songs? Worship isn't just singing slow songs. No, but our worship, is, it's our life, the life that we're living. We're living a life of worship. That, that when we worship the Lord in reverence, that means I'm living a life of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live a life of obedience. I'm his friend. I'm, I'm going to live a life of obedience to the Lord. Hebrews 12, 28 through 29. Therefore, let us be grateful we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship. Which implies there's unacceptable. Let us offer 
acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Psalm 65, 8, They who dwell in the ends of the earth stand in awe of your signs. You make the dawn and the sunset shout for joy. Psalm 33, 8, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Psalm 22, 23, You who fear the Lord, praise Him. All your offspring of Jacob, glorify Him. Stand in awe of Him, all you offspring of Israel. Revelation 15, 4, Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify Your name? For You alone are holy. All nations will come and worship You, for Your righteous acts have been revealed. Question, will one day everyone believe in Jesus? Yes. Will one day everybody bow to Jesus? Yes. Exodus 3, 5. Then he said, do not come near. He's talking to Moses. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Isaiah 66. For my hand made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to the one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. A reverence has been lost in the church. And it happens. It's a heart posture here. And I just pray today that, that as, you, as you let this just, you know, as you meditate on this today, as you let this sink in, this word sink in here today, I pray that you would leave with such a passion of just, I want to live a life of honor for the king. I want to live a life of, of, of honor, of just, I want, I want my life to bring glory to his name. I, I want to be a, a living testimony. I don't just want to get better. I don't just want to overcome sin because I think it's the right thing to do. I want to live a life that honors the king. I want to live a life that brings, brings him glory. Jesus is the lion and he's the lamb. He's the lion and he's the lamb. And people, when they think of Jesus, often they think of him as, as only the lamb. Jesus is the lamb. He was the lamb that was slain. And the lamb, he's tenderhearted. He's merciful. He's loving. Jesus is the lamb who will comfort you. He has compassion on you. He will meet you in your darkest, lowest places in your life. But he's not only the lamb, he's also the lion. Jesus is the lion. In his second coming, he's returning as lion. And the Bible says that he will judge the living and the dead. And in the end, Jesus destroys all of his enemies in the end. He conquers all of his enemies in the end. Jesus is also the lion. He's the lion and he's the lamb. We need to worship him and praise him for being both. Amen? Amen. So if you bow your heads here this morning, maybe you're here today and you would say, you know what? I just need, I need to, to get out of this routine. I need to get out of this routine I've been in. It's a routine. And listen, let me just tell you something. This isn't just you. This, is, this isn't just you. This, is, this word is for all of us here this morning. That God, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry for worshiping you in a routine way or, or not bringing the proper reverence and the honor that bring you glory. That, that's, our, that's our prayer here this morning. So I want to pray for those of you today who say, that's me. That's me. Father God, I just, I lift up your people here today, Lord. 
God, I thank you that you meet us. Even though we're imperfect, broken, flawed people, Lord, I thank you. You love us. It's unconditional love that pursues us, God. Lord, I ask today that as your people hear this word, meditate on this word, that we would just be reminded here this morning of who you are. You're a great God. And who is like you, Lord, in all the earth? I thank you that right now people are just in their spirit right now, in their hearts right here and right now, Lord. They're saying, I'm sorry. God, I just, right now, I just feel led to cast off any pride, spirit of pride. They would, they would, they would encapsulate our heart like a hard shell. Pray that you would break that spirit of pride in the name of Jesus. That God, we come to you humbly here this morning. We, we approach you in humility. And we say, thank you. Thank you for never leaving us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for meeting with us, God. You are more than worthy of all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory that we could ever give. Maybe you're here this morning, you just need to give your life to Christ. I want to give you that opportunity here today as well. If you want to accept Jesus into your life, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe that he died, rose again, you believe that he paid that sin. He paid the sin. He paid for it. It was a price that you and I were supposed to pay, but Jesus paid it for us. God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to lay his life down. He gave his life so that you and I could have it. If you want to accept Christ today, I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you just, the whole church would repeat this prayer after me, you included. This is between you and God here this morning. It's not about anybody else. This is between you and God. This is between you and the Lord here today. Church, let's pray this out loud together. You pray this prayer with me this morning. Heavenly Father, I know I've fallen short. I know I've sinned. But today is a new day. Jesus, I thank you for going to the cross, for dying on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I thank you for raising to life so that I could have it. Right now, I receive you in my heart. Make me born again. I'll choose to live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Church, look up at me here this morning. Church, can you give God praise in here? Can we just, come on, thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.